This week, there's awfully been a lot of wrestling and wrestling adjacent content. With this holiday weekend bringing the unofficial beginning of summer in America, we'll contemplate the end of spring through Dark Side of the Ring season finale and the Go Home Dynamite, while also looking ahead to Saturday's Double or Nothing pay-per-view in NWA's new show, Carnyland. All this and more tonight on The Alternative. Wednesday, May 20th, 2020, and welcome to episode 31 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast, and the uh, interim official podcast of, well, I guess I said it already, Pro Wrestling.cool. It's not just cool. It's dot cool. We are here to cover AEW and the wide world of professional wrestling outside of Vince's purview heck of a show for you this week and let us not waste any more time because we got a full house again. I'm your host John Gavrisky Maxwell joined as always by Oscar Bernard. What's up? And the returning Trace back. Evans. What's up? What's up y'all? What's up? Very What's up? This week is depressing. Yeah this I really am having a hard time this week getting into wrestling. Yeah, like it's just it's it's a bummer, man. It's almost like there's bigger things going on that make it feel like you know what? Maybe this shit really doesn't matter, especially when it's like you know happening in front of basically no one. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the countdown of the second wave. I'm just you know, and yeah, nothing happened in front of anyone. It's like all the no pun intended impact of these shows is just dead and lost. I know that we're not supposed to talk about it, but I did mm-hmm. watch a little bit of The Bad Place this week. Just, oh, God. Oh, my God. Just literally dead fucking silence during those fucking matches. It's yeah, insane. But, like, which, I know that it's nothing new, but it's just like, literally just like watching that Aleister Black match that he had against Murphy. It's just like the most disconcerting fucking thing ever. It's, it's true, because like, an Aleister Black-Murphy match usually gets the greatest crowd reactions. <laughs> At least it gets something! That's the thing, is like, even if it, if it feels fake, and it is fake kind of in a way, Austin Gunn screaming at all the wrestlers does add a little bit to the matches. Especially when he says some pretty funny things sometimes. Yeah, when you hear what he's actually saying, he's actually pretty okay. He's a fucking idiot, and I love him. Yeah, he's a complete idiot, and he is... Hopefully going to have the talent of his father because then he'll be something in industry. Not, not like a top name, but it'll be something in industry. I don't know. Austin Gunn is already entertaining when he speaks, which makes him miles better than his father. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. John, I don't mean to alarm you, but your cat's on the keyboard. Yeah, where are my cats on the keyboard, okay? <laughs> Y'all can't see it, but the notes are like uh, expanding by several lines right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> there you go. The notes are now literally made is... of J's. <laughs> the cat is doing a really great job with this show. It's I'm not even on White Claw Wednesday right now, so I don't even have an excuse for this. It's just I've completely given up on everything. This cat is just ruining my life and and walking all over me and my you know notes. What? Let's be fair. This the fact that the the fact that it what looks like just 
a giant uh has been typed before the word intro honestly feels very appropriate. It honestly does feel very appropriate for this week in wrestling, which we should begin with obviously the most happy and joyful thing that occurred this week. Y'all, let's talk about the season finale of Dark Side of the Ring. What? But before we get into that, I would like to talk about something adjacent to Dark Side of the Ring. Y'all seen After Dark? I've not. No. Because they don't air it in Canada. That makes sense. After Dark is the uh, is the after show that they do, hosted by uh, Chris Gethard. And it's actually pretty decent. Like, he gets some good guests on every week to, like, you know, talk about the episode. Like, sometimes it'll be, like, people that have been on the episode. So, like, you know, for the... Uh, for, like, I, I think the Jimmy Snuka one, they had, like, you know, Irv Muchnick, who was, who, you know, they, they interviewed for the episode, but they also had, like, other people on to talk about it. Like, I caught a little bit of last week's because, so, here's the thing. Like, it's a decent show where they do some cool things and talk about, like, talking interesting people. You know, they didn't have mm-hmm. one for the season finale this week, but last week they had one for the Road Warriors episode where they mm-hmm. talked to, they talked to Animal, you know, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they also got on their uh, Jake the Snake and Bushwhacker Luke. And just listening to them talk about fucking, you know, running the roads in the 80s and just, like, the tough tag teams that they had fought. Like, it's just some really interesting and fun shit. And it just sucks that Vice has done such a bad job of this show of, like, because they don't put it on directly after the fucking show. They sure don't. And it's confusing as hell. Like, and I get it. Like, yeah, okay, I guess it makes sense if, like, you know, when the show after it is Vice News Night, which I'm assuming is always on at 11 every single night, but also, I'm not watching Vice News tonight. Like, so if I'm changing the channel, I'm not going to come back to this. Like, the only time I'm going to catch it, basically, is when they show the rerun, like, right before the new episode, like they did. Look, it's like how... It's like how... Over here, up here at least, I don't know if it is in the States, but they stopped showing Untucked after Drag Race to show to shove secret celebrity Drag Race in the middle of it. And that's why I stopped watching Untucked. That's exactly what ha- <clears throat> happened down here and why I stopped watching Untucked as well. But hey, was- let's be honest, they did it for a reason. Because they don't want you to watch Untucked. <laughs> Because they can't really edit around Sherry Pie anymore. Yeah. I mean, hey, the editing they did... The editing they did at the end of this episode where they clearly harsh cut Ruth saying, Are are you Team Sherry? She's not even gonna show her, but oh yeah, no, she's there in all the wide shots. (laughs) But yeah, you know, speaking of... Speaking of things that are bad. But yeah, that's After Dark is a good show that mm-hmm. Vice is a bad channel and de- does not done a good job with. And I hope that they get to come back for another season. Since assuming I'm assuming Dark Side of the Rain is going to have to come back for one, considering that like, hey, this season finale was their top rated episode. I can imagine. It's like it's I'm not going to say it's like the f- fantastic episode. Like I th- still think the king of the entire season is Benoit, but. Um, like, oh, for me, the king of the season is Herb Abrams. Like that was a surprisingly sure, ex- a surprisingly heartwarming episode. I think that you can just say that entire season was good all the way through, though. Like really good in depth stories on things. Yes, very few of which have been covered in that level of detail already. 
I will say, though, I think that they did a great job of, of balancing the season out and having it be that pace of just like, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, a lot of fun things like, you know, the New Jack episode is really fun. The yeah. the Herb Abrams episode is really fun and stupid. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think that they did a great job here with the crescendo of, like, starting with the Benoit tragedy, which, of course, is fucking brutal, and then yeah. ending with the most brutal one of all, which I definitely felt like this was absolutely the most heart-wrenching episode they've done yeah for sure what's what's interesting too is you kind of bookend it with two people that will absolutely never be in the hall of fame for wildly different reasons yep yeah so yeah you know i just i guess the main thing i got out of this and i know you pointed out before we started recording that martha stewart or no i keep saying martha stewart i fucking hate it martha (laughs) hart Martha Hart um, was on. Martha Hart Jericho's. Living. Let's go. Yeah, Martha Hart Living. She could do that. I mean, after listening to her talk there, she could totally make that work um, and be probably actually way better about it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but she talked to Chris Jericho years ago, and I didn't realize this. But a lot of the story came out then, but it's kind of confirmed here. The reasons why there's rifts in the Hart family, there are reasons why... Owen is kind of been washed over in the WWE, things of that nature. And I understand more about that whole situation I felt like I ever did, even without getting like the other part of the Hart family's perspective, which we did not get any of in this episode. Yeah, which I will say I, I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't get that. Although I, I feel like I understand it, considering yeah. that like knowing a lot of the things that I have heard the Hart say about her, it probably would have gotten pretty... Uh, for lack of a better term, shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, the yeah. only the only two people that I think make sense that hate each other to bring on in the same thing is when you have Cornette and Russo on. Yeah. Because it's... they hate each other in an entertaining way. Yeah. If you have the Hart family on there talking about what an evil woman Martha is, while Martha's just like, so my husband was killed. Mm-hmm. By and, negligence. And furthermore, you'd have the situation where you'd have the interviewer and you'd get those off-screen text me- things saying, they said this about you. What do you think about that? And that would have led to such a fireball of nastiness, I'm sure, one yeah. way or the other. And I, I don't really want to see that. I don't think I care to see it. I've heard enough from Brett's perspective over the years that I think yeah, I know both thi- sides. And that's the thing. is like we rarely get to hear Martha's point mm-hmm. of view. And for good reason. Because it feels like, you know, and it definitely feels like WWE over the years, either their wrestlers or the company themselves, definitely try to paint this narrative of Martha Hart being the villain that refuses to let this beloved wrestler be honored the way he should. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I remember there was some comments that, you know, in retrospect were kind of ugly from 2K when they wanted to have uh, Owen Hart in the Stone Cold Steve Austin mode in 2K16. Oh, yeah. Where they were like, yeah, we reached out, but, you know, she just, you know, she said no and she wants nothing to do with this. So, you know, that's not on us. We tried. Mm -hmm. And honestly, as it should be, like, that shouldn't be a case where they're allowed to uh, weaken at Bernie's uh, Owen Hart out of uh, the lockers and basically walk him into a virtual ring and make him reenact a scene with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin without... His estate I mean, and hell, or, you know, basically relatives being able to say, no, that's fucked up. 
hell, you know, it's arguably fucked up in its own way because, yeah, we want Owen Hart in the game so you can replicate breaking Steve Austin's fucking neck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it, um, it's interesting all throughout. Um, I think I, I have, like, no further questions on or qualms about what Martha's doing. It's like WWE comes off horrible in this whole thing. They absolutely um, do. You know, it, they, it's it's something where it's just like, I guess listen to y'all talk about it. It is something where I think it's like, what makes this most sad to me, and I, I guess that I do, you know, the the one problem that I do think that I, I wish that they had talked to the hearts, had talked to the hearts about them, is I guess like, the way that I've been thinking about this, especially today, is just like, you know, it, it just feels like such a weird, like, it's just a sad fucking perspective thing. And it's just like, you know, in the sense of like, you completely understand where fucking Martha's coming from of, no, I don't want these people to be making fucking money off of my husband. And like, they shouldn't, they They absolutely shouldn't. And you know, obviously like they didn't, they don't really delve that much into it in the episode. And I kind of wish they did a little bit of mentioning that, like not even to just, you know, even just to, so they could address it is just Mm -hmm. like the idea, but because it has been in the news again lately of people talking to Martha because Martha has been doing a bunch of interviews just like, right. How Brett, like, apparently the whole thing about, like, you know, Brett wanting to get his footage back or the the whole, like, trying to get footage thing. And it's, like, it's such a fucked up weird thing. And I don't, and again, like, I don't ever want to pick sides on this because it's, like, there's no fucking side to pick. This is, this is literally a fucking he said, she said thing. And, and like, we'll never really know, like, what actually went down between these two. Like, it's not our battle. It's not our battle and it doesn't fucking matter. Like what the the thing that just makes it sad is like, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this in the context of like, there's an article I read like years ago on, I want to say it was like a Grantland article about, uh, Brett and Sean mm-hmm. and just like the central, the central fucking problem between those two is that it was Brett Hart is a person that takes this shit way too seriously. And Sean Michaels is someone for whom none of this ever mattered. And that's why they could never fucking, like, you know, really connect with each other because it's literally just that difference of philosophy. And I think that there's a lot of that here that makes it so fucking sad because it is, like, a matter of, like, you know, you get really get both perspectives on it. It's like we I get, you know, I, I get the fucking selfish perspectives of the hearts of, like, the weird shit of, like, yeah, obviously fucking people working against to working to give fucking martha's like defense shit to vince mcmahon is is fucking disgusting and those people yeah. should be fucking ashamed of themselves like that's absolutely, absolutely fucking horrifying but yeah, there, for there sure. is the fucking you know it's the fucking sad truth of like you know being an artist and being a wrestler is being an artist and literally every single piece of work you have ever done is owned by one company what mm-hmm. by one man who literally bought the tapes from your father yep like it's a sad fucking thing to have to try to play that game, to have to have a fucking legacy here. Whereas Martha, I can, like you said, we completely understand her perspective here because she comes at it from the perspective of like, look like, and it's, you know, and the game is kind of given up in a little way because, you know, for all the people that people want to shit on, you know, 
Martha and the rest of the hearts of, you know, the rest of Owen's, you know, immediate family like that for being for like, oh, they hate wrestling their stuff like that. Like, yeah, even the daughter, like the daughter kind of even addresses that when she pretty much says straight up like, yeah, no, I, I fucking hate and resent wrestling. I'd have a father if he wasn't a wrestler. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. And it's completely fucking understandable. But same like token, though. Yeah. You know, also, there was, you know, there was a good tweet that I saw in response to, um, in response to this from, uh, David Bixpan. Mm-hmm. Bixenspan. I can't remember if he's the one that's the enemy of this show or not, but, uh, No, I like, I like Bix. I who's the one that keeps ripping you off? Oh, that's Brandon Stroud. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, there was a Bixenspan tweet where basically he pointed out that it's like, yeah, when when Martha Hart was on Talk Is Jericho, and was asked to like pick her favorite Owen matches, she named matches that only like super hardcore fans would pick. And like, if you didn't care about wrestling in some respect, you're not going to mention Owen's feuds with Hiroshi Hase or Makan Singh. You know, there's clearly still a part. You know, it definitely comes across, at least from Martha's perspective, more as a. She doesn't hate the industry so much as she hates the company that killed her husband. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I guess, and it's like, it's the sad thing about, like, they're inextricably linked, and that's why the yes. ultimate villain in here is fucking Vince McMahon, who, again, how the fuck were they able to get away with, like, literally someone died in their, in the middle of a fucking event and it didn't get stopped? It's mind-blowing to me still. Because you, they just paint the narrative of, well, this was a freak accident. We had no way to know this was going to happen. And, you know, fans themselves have bought this narrative that it was a freak accident. It's true. And furthermore... You know, that's I... the whole... Th- but, that was the thing with yeah. this documentary, is that it's like, it just really proved to me how negligent they were. And mm-hmm. my point of bringing of all that up was, was to say, like, it is just the sad difference here of just, like, you see the perspective of... Like the two different sides of the perspective, and I, I feel like I now completely see why they're so at odds because it is a perspective of like, for you know, for Brett, for the Hearts, it is wrestling is our life. Wrestling is the only thing that is important to us, and Owen's legacy is in this. Whereas Martha is very much like, and her children are very much the understanding of no, Owen was much more than this. He wanted to be much more than this. He didn't want to be just a wrestler. And I feel like, again, like, this Dark Side of the Ring just made that point so perfectly and so brilliantly. Like, I feel like if anyone who could watch this and not completely fucking understand Martha's perspective on on all this and all the reticence that she's had towards, like, fucking WWE and, and, you know, kind of the industry in general, like, it's it's completely illogical to me that someone couldn't fucking have any sort of empathy for her after all of this. Mm-hmm. And full credit to her for, you know, creating the Owen Hart foundation as a way. And it's, it's almost the ultimate response for anyone that says, you know, if they don't let Owen in the WWE hall of fame, you're not honoring his legacy. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, here's a way you can do that. And the, and she, and I feel like those, she and, and fucking, I got to say like, Oj, he's fucking awesome. I, that's what I yeah. also got out of this is Oj Hart seems really fucking cool. So observation on that too, is like at the end, they basically say where the whole family's gone from there. The whole family's done really fucking well for themselves. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. He's, again, Oshart is a human rights lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like... And 
you know, I forget the daughter's name, but she is uh, a Athena. journalist. Athena, thank you. Uh, going to be a journalist. Yeah, like that, that's a, they're all doing great. Yeah, and Martha's a fucking doctor. Yeah, it's like uh, Jesus Christ. After I heard that all, it's like they have rebounded so well from the, one of the worst tragedies you could possibly have as a family. You know, yeah, go them. You know, and them. and it's like she said on there. It's like. They, I feel like, again, they made that point brilliantly in the documentary of, like, mm-hmm. Owen wanted to be so much more. Like, even if it, mm-hmm. the so much more was just, I want to just be a fucking family man. I yeah. just, I, I don't want my legacy in this world to just be wrestling. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like, with the Owen Hart Foundation, I feel like they have really fucking carried that on and made it so, like you said, Trace. Like, mm-hmm. Owen Hart is so much more than just the wrestler who died. And also, I really kind of, I was thinking about that all last night, literally, um, pacing around thinking about this. If somebody wants to argue that they're not honoring Owen Hart's legacy, I would say take a look around the damn business right now. You've got people cutting promos as heels that are as rich and fruitful as Owen Hart's promos back in the day. We're a heel that you love to hate them, and you can laugh along with them while hating their guts. People like MJF owe a lot of their stuff to people who worked off of Owen Hart's promos. Some of the wrestling styles, some of the flipping off ropes, things of that nature, and just the general good technical style came from Owen Hart's roots. I mean, Chris Jericho himself grew up idolizing Owen Hart, and he admits this, and he is now one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. If you want to say Owen Hart's legacy is not out there, I think you're just not looking hard enough, and not to anyone else (laughs) here, but anybody who's going to make that argument, I just don't think they're looking hard enough. Like, any true wrestler will tell you He is in the fabric of the industry. And that, Trace, is Mm -hmm. why I kicked your leg out of your leg. (sighs) It's very interesting as well. This episode almost very much, as I was saying, feels sort of like very similar but very opposite in a way to the Benoit episode at the beginning. For sure. You know, and you look at the way, like, you compare Oge to to, uh, David Benoit. Mm-hmm. And how Oge has totally moved past this. Yeah, Oge seems Benoit. a lot more well-adjusted. Yeah, yeah, whereas the whole Benoit family was very much into wrestling still. and Now, admittedly, it's a different kind of tragedy. Yeah, it is. But I mean, Chris Benoit was like, you could tell he was way more passionate about the business than anything Owen was. Owen was like, I yeah. want to get my payday and get out of here. Yeah, like, they yeah. definitely Owen made that point. Owen was never going to punish Owen... himself for a minor botch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's Dark Side of the Ring has been really, really fantastic this season, and I just hope they continue to find great stories somewhere out there in seasons I to think, come because they got to have more seasons. They got to do this more often, call this stuff out, find interesting stuff yeah. in wrestling because this has got to be the tip of the iceberg. Even and if again, found yeah, there's some no great way. I mean, stories. Look, it feels like there's no way there can't be a, another season now. Again, when after literally they their top episode was this episode that just aired. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. one of the things I'm still only about, like 350,000 viewers or something, which that doesn't seem like a lot, is, but I guess that's but enough even for Vice. The lowest rated episode, though, was still almost double. Or, or, yeah, like their lowest rated episode was still equivalent to their highest rated episode of last year. True. And also, and, I was reading yeah. that apparently some of their lowest rated episodes were still uh, doing better than WWE content on FS1. Well, also. Vice is a really hard to find channel on a lot of cable networks, or Viceland, I guess it is. No, it's so Vice it, now. 
It is just Vice now. It's just Vice. I can't tell, I can't tell this stuff anymore, and especially but, when they don't give you proper access. To yeah, it, it's system. weird. <laughs> it's like because it used to be Vice Land, and then they just recent they recently changed it to Vice on TV, and now I think it's mm. just Vice. Yeah, I think it is now. I think it is officially just Vice because the Vice on TV went away, and that made it way harder to find online. Let me tell you that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's um, I I think. It, Given just the exposure they have to mainstream audiences and getting that kind of rating, how can you not do another season? That's you can find something. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff out there. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we've already done the best story in New Jack, but well, yeah. I mean, well, so this kind of leads into something I wanted to ask: like, what topics do you think? What do you want to see next year? I would like to see. Two episodes, and I don't know if they can do these, but these are pie in the sky. One is, I want to see Vince McMahon Jr.'s takeover of all the regions. Ooh, Black Saturday. Yeah, basically that sort of thing. I would like to see them talk about that from the perspective of the other organizations and how it affected them, how he basically destroyed them, and the means of how it all flowed through. The one I really think they can't do that I'd also like to hear about Tough enough. Mm. Like, there's got to be stories about tough enough as an experiment, as a travesty in multiple ways. Though, look right at Daniel Puder. Um, and I and, feel like you could probably then, if you really, if you're having trouble getting content enough content for that, you can move that into like game show NXT almost. You could. I mean, you could totally make a whole story about the origins of NXT. Yeah. Both killing off their brand of ECW and turning it into this game show. And basically, you, you can find a lot of stories about how they toy with young talent's lives to try and determine who's got the it factor while also completely understanding, or misunderstanding rather, how to figure out if somebody's got the it factor. Yes. You know, so. as much as I feel like I'd be stepping on my own toes here, I would love to see the dark side of the ring on Teddy Hart. Shit! Yes, I, I want yeah. to see. I want to see them take this on. I want to see them fucking crack. Like, I'm well. Hey, you know what? You want to call me to to do some fucking work for the episode? I'm Venmo. And I am John. Hit me up, y'all. But hey, look, John, John, they won't know that you're the expert on it until you release Teddy Cast. It's coming soon. Still, <laughs> waiting. We're waiting. Maybe that will be the Americana Spectacular this year. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Shit. It's 2020. Actually... Nothing is good this year. Do it. That might actually be a good idea. Fuck. That's All a right. really good idea. Nothing good is happening in 2020. All of summer is canceled due to us having to stay inside. Do it. All right. July. All right. July 4th. There you go, y'all. Wait. Yes. Oh, no. Wait. July 4th is a, is a Saturday. I was going to say. Fuck, July 4th might be a casual Friday. Mm-hmm. Whatever, we we'll figure one. it out. It's coming. It's it's still coming. That's all that matters. Yes. And Dark Side of the Ring Season 3 is probably coming too. I, I, I The couple episodes I'd really like to see is... I saw someone throw this around, and, imme- and ever since I saw it suggested, I thought, yes, was an episode on Enochism. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yes. And the one that I've really been thinking about ever since, you know, because I was kind of reading a lot more about this recently, is Brian Pillman. Mm. 
Yes, actually, Ooh. that would be really good. And yes. specifically, everything that happened the day after Brian Pillman died, where WWF got basic, basically interviewed his widow less than 24 hours after her husband died live on Raw just to get her to say wrestling didn't kill my husband. That has to be a story. That's a great one. In, like, the worst way. I'd also, honestly, I'd also, like, you know, even though I know they definitely go and do it in the Benoit episode, I'd also like to just see them do one on Eddie. Yeah, I think Eddie could have one. They could even do one on, like, the whole story of Darren Drozdoff if they wanted to like oh, for a yeah. mid, mid-season episode because like they cover some of his bases but it's like there's a lot more to him that he kind of he he was in the fabric of a lot of season two he wasn't and it's a surprising weird. amount yeah yeah because I mean both him and D'Lo all throughout the fabric of it, it and that's weird to think about damn do you think there's enough content on Hogan what part of Hogan? Because you know what I'm thinking. Ventura and H- Ventura's fight for a wrestling union. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. There's the one. You got it. You found it. That's the one. Like I don't think you need one on Hogan specifically because he fucks so much up. He's like Vince McMahon. You don't need one specifically on him necessarily. You need something yeah. that he manages yeah. to fuck up because he is a monster. Hogan just exactly. Hogan runs through everything. I mean, also. Shit, they gotta do the steroids trial, right? Oh shit! Oh, yes, shit. Yes, absolutely. Do if, an episode if, if on Ico Pro, you cowards! Oh my god, yes. you gotta want it. I do want it. <laughs> I need to see one of those dark. I, the guy that Dark Side of the Ring hired to be their Vince McMahon lookalike has probably got a way better payday than he expected. <laughs> And I need to see him next year in the fucking Ted Kennedy neck brace that Vince McMahon fucking wore to that trial. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Everything about this. They've Dude, got a lot have, of content. You could do there, stuff about like Vince and Trump, I guess. I feel like there's actually not as much of a story unless you go into like stand up for WWE. That oh, they could do. That's Linda good. McMahon. Linda McMahon and stand up for WWE would be really good. I feel like the stuff with Trump would be too new. Probably. Like there's a lot yeah. of stuff still building off that. You could make a story of that 15 years down the road, and it's going to be dirty as hell. There's there's something else I was thinking of. I don't remember what. It's like, oh, yeah, they're fucking weird, like, election shit that they did in, like, 2000. Oh, get out or smack down the vote? Yeah. You could even combine that. We could like argue the that initial... they maybe sort of swung that election. Yeah, you could do that. You could also swing that into Linda Command. Exactly. And turn that into a whole arc. Exactly. And then you've got all the substance you need for how badly WWE has fucked up the political system as well. I mean, hey, look. There's only one piece of wrestling content that I acknowledge from the 2000 election. And that's it. And that's, and that's when... They WCW had a look like of Bush and Gore, and they started with a guy saying, "At long last, our nation's crisis is over." Before Jeff Jarrett hits the guy on the head with a guitar, saying, "There's one vote you forgot to count, slap nuts." 
I hate Jeff Jarrett so much. <laughs> can we just make an episode of just slamming him and that sort of thing? Not us, but I mean like Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, can we just make the can we just make a Dark Side of the Ring that's yeah, that's literally just Dark Side Dark Side of the Six Sided Ring. <laughs> I just want to have an episode that's literally we just beat Jeff Jarrett to death and then they have to do an episode about that. How about we just have an episode where it's just you know, we'll make um oh what's his name um, where's the kind of football that the NFL used about. to be I can't believe where's he threw that many tortillas out of that crowd football that's good sound making book just think oh, so bad. that's what he was drunk about <laughs> <laughs> just think just thinking as well you know mm-hmm. the last one that really came to my mind was. The Pat Patterson scandal. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That needs yeah. to be because that's like everybody talked very lofty about him before. The, no pun intended. The dark side of that started to emerge. Yeah. And there's some stuff there that I feel like you could go beyond like the fabulous moolah and start talking about like, yeah, he invented the Royal Rumble, but he also, uh, you know, uh, young boys have had some issues. Yep. But hey, it turns out that murdering Owen Hart is just one of a ton of horrible, horrible things that the McMahons have done and continue to do. And so as we move on from Dark Side of the Ring and hope that they will be back next year for another season, which I'm sure they will, yeah. we must, of course, talk about what's going on currently with the McMahons, but not in the world of wrestling. No. Oh, God. No. We unfortunately have one more update for you. Oscar, what's going on in the world of the XFL? Hey, remember how the XFL went bankrupt? I sure do. Mm-hmm. So, the XFL went bankrupt, but now it seems like it seems like Vince McMahon is trying to force a sale of the XFL's assets to now be the to now personally be Vince McMahon's assets. A word? Like it's it seems like he's. And in, on top of this, like, Alpha Entertainment or Vince McMahon or I don't know what Alpha Entertainment even is anymore. Um, but they've been apparently having some discussions in places like St. Louis, who you may realize just had an NFL team leave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe might be looking for a new football team. And this all kind of seems like Vince might try to reboot the XFL again. Oh, boy. And some of the speculation I've seen seems to be, like, this is just a way for him to, like, it's a legal loophole where since the league went bankrupt, he doesn't have to pay for ticket refunds and he doesn't have to pay the maintenance costs of people while the league isn't running. And, like, I don't know, this... I'm going to defer to you, Trace, because you seem to understand more about this stuff. Is this sketchy as shit? Um, I'm going to weigh in here and first off say I am not a business lawyer. I don't do law. I'm just an accountant. I also can't give you tax advice. But on top of all that, from what I do know about this kind of stuff and what I have heard from various teachings, 
yeah, it's the sketchiest shit. Like, number one, what he's trying to do, it sounds like, is he's trying to get out of all the debts that they hold by the sale, absolve them of the debts somehow. Yeah. The problem is, is the point of Alpha Entertainment in the first place is to make sure those debts don't hit him directly. And if part of the bankruptcy of the XFL is selling to him and getting out of those debts, there's going to be a lot of people who want to collect from him that are going to look right at him and say, wait a minute, you just sold all that and you say you can't pay. Now we can get right at you. We're going to sue Vince McMahon directly now. And they have a very good case in a proper court of law, I would say. And that being the caveat here, because we know that doesn't always tend to work in terms of corporate law and things of that nature. And that's a whole different discussion on top of that. That does definitely depend all on the jurisdiction where they're allowed to file the case. I mean, you know, as they talk about, you know, as they talk about, not to bring it back to Dark Side of the Ring here, but, you know, they talk Mm -hmm. about it in that that episode where, you know, Martha Mm -hmm. filed specifically in, uh, in... uh, Missouri, where the event happened in Kansas City, right. Vince right. Tri- tried to get it moved to Connecticut, where he would be less liable. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to pay punitive damages, where you can't make him pay more than what the actual cost would be as a way to be punitive. Mm-hmm. Um, here, that's not so much the case, but there's still, I'm sure, places where the amount you can basically get debt back, I guess. There's a more um, official term for that that is just slipping my mind right now. And this is completely sketchy. I don't know how he's going to completely get the debt cleared from anything like this. And I think it actually has a real chance, if he tries this, of backfiring to the point where the corporate protection he has, the whole reason you create a corporation in the first place so that you don't lose your life over something going wrong. It just goes to the corporation, the corporation doles out stuff, and it's just poof, gone. Um so one of the other one of the other things one of the other things that's being questioned is if the if the XFL went bankrupt mm-hmm. why is XFL headquarters still open and why are the top executives still taking a salary Well okay that's a different issue there yeah, depends that... on what kind of bankruptcy because bankruptcy does not mean immediately close it all down That's the thing I think a lot of people forget about bankruptcy is we cannot pay our debts and we see no recourse, so we have to go to the courts to seek recourse. Okay. And yeah. so usually that's where you get like chapter 11 is if we can pay our debts and negotiate everything, we'll spin right back up afterwards. And yeah. a lot of times that doesn't work out. There's debts that just cannot be repaid. Nothing can be resolved. No plan can be put in action. And the company does indeed close down. But even if it is Chapter 7, like sometimes, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're still going to need people there to run the business to wind it down. You're still going to need to have people there to, like, you know, you, yeah. you're basically going to have to be, have people there that are running the numbers and everything to get all the debts figured out and then just to shut the business down. Yeah, basically the whole point of them is to be there and they're probably drawing more salary than they should. I mean, that's a totally fair accusation. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's some Vince shit, say, of course. Yeah, it's, it's sleazy as hell. Like, this is how this stuff works. But there has to be someone there to basically throw the final desk out the door to somebody and then turn the lights off and close it all down. And that's how that typically works. So there's going to be people like that. But I think overall, it's like those people would be protected. Like none of those people are at risk under corporation. Vince, if he takes it on, he purchases it. I see every single debt collector that he owes money to. Every single ticket holder could come together in class action, go straight at Vince McMahon. And they'd have a decent case there because... He used bankruptcy to sell the debts to them. They did not resolve them there unless he resolved it somehow in bankruptcy. 
which that might be part of the plan, is to resolve that with the ticket holders and then give himself the assets when he's debt-free. I do wonder, though, what exactly would he be buying, though? Because aren't it's not like he'd be getting the actual, like, XFL name or anything. It, like, isn't that a WWE property? Um, that's a good question. I actually don't officially, know. Officially, I thought officially it was Alpha Entertainment property because Alpha Entertainment bought it from WWE. Oh, was it that they bought it from WWE in, in return for shares? I thought it was that, like, they... Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it'd probably just be squaring it up somehow in her company. I, I wouldn't, without looking at it directly, have a clue of how he'd have to split that up or work through it. Um, but um, it basically, I think the quick and dirty of it is, once those debts are settled, if there's nothing left and he really does want to own the rest, it's just legitimately whatever's left over, be it a pile of freaking shoulder pads or, um, frankly, nothing but the name. Yeah, like they're saying here... It's $3.5 million in season tickets that he owes in refunds that haven't mm-hmm. been paid. Like, the thing is, if Vince, as part of Chapter 11, says, I'm going to take um, all this as mine, but I'm going to pay that and resolve that debt with my own money, he's probably fine. That debt's clear yeah. then. The judge will look at that and say, yeah, okay, resolve that, and it's yours. And then they probably say, well, we don't need all this equipment. We're going to sell that as part of recouping, you know, what we need for some of the other debts. And they'll just keep going through there. And if it just means, okay, well, there's nothing left for Alpha Entertainment. And Vince just covered all their asses. And there's nobody else who can do a better job or wants to do a better job. And frankly, who else would want to take over the XFL at this point? Um, Tony Khan. Yeah, I don't think Tony Khan. That, that would be the ultimate troll move. And... Even Tony, I think, is smarter than that because I don't think Tony the first. Tony is too loyal to the NFL. It's true. He, Tony, he'd get yeah. a lot of dog money for that. Yeah, he'd get way. He'd lose too much dog money. He got to got to have your wanks. No, see, he's buying the XFL to merge it with the NFL. Yeah, I, I think uh, some of the NFL might look at him and say, you know, we could also take away the Jacksonville Jaguars and merge them with a confident team. I mean, in fairness, I did hear that a lot of XFL games were getting as many, if if not more, people than go to tradi- than go to many home Jacksonville games. I believe that, hands down. See, look, he just wants to put the Jags in the XFL so that they can win trophies. I think, if anything, what the NFL can learn from that is that you've got a lot of locations out there that don't have a football team that are pretty weak right now, and if you have people that are struggling in attendance. Maybe talk to those owners and uh, get them to move to the good markets. I mean, hey, do you think the thing they were talking about where they're gonna where they wanted to move the Jaguars to London is that ever gonna happen? I think there's other markets in the U.S. that are gonna come first, but I think you just have maybe one or two teams move, and then you're gonna have a London team for sure. Can I just say, by the way, that I'm that I'm really mad at Tony Khan for not being smart enough to make Jags fan the official mascot of the Jaguars. <laughs> you know, that's fair. It's. Oh, I have boy. a question unrelated to anything that we were talking about with the XFL. Mm-hmm. Why is why are the Jags colors blue instead of like any color that you would find on a Jaguar? Why are the Lions colors blue rather than any color you'd find on a lion? Blue and silver, yeah, in fact. why is it? Because, because Hawaii. Well, because the, the reality is because the owner thinks they look cool. 
That's pretty That's, much it. Look, I own one NFL jersey, and it is the commemorative Harry Kane Tottenham NFL crossover shirt. What spells? It just makes me look like a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah. I bet Owen loves it. I have... Owen has never seen it. Very good. But also, hey, I can't hate on the Cowboys. They're Homer Simpson's favorite team. (laughs) Literally made of spurs. Vince McMahon should go to jail. Yes, he yes. should. I mean, that's for like many reasons, but yeah, there, there's a lot of I, corporate leaders we can say could go to jail. But in the terms of wrestling, yeah, he's first in line. Dark Side of the Ring will not be a success until it gets the FBI to investigate Vince McMahon. God, that'd be the greatest vision of all, seeing him just trotted, slowly walking, barely able to move into a jail cell. Speaking of corporate re- leaders that I wouldn't mind if they ended up in jail. Let's talk about a man named William Patrick Corgan. <laughs> the world is a vampire, and so is Dave Langana. God damn it! <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. You son of a bitch! You did that. It's been a couple weeks, but I'm glad we I'm glad we held off and made it special. You motherfucker! So also this week we had uh, NWA releasing the first mm. episode of their replacement show, or. Is it a bunch of shows? I don't fucking know what this whole thing is. Hey, they can't do power right now because, you know, you can't really tape wrestling right now if you're not fucking in Florida and have millions of dollars that you can get away with doing that shit and you don't have any regard for anybody. Uh, So instead... Again. Yeah? I still can't believe that fucking... AEW and WWE have lost the moral high ground to Billy fucking Corgan. <laughs> it's true. Think about it this way. They've lost the high ground to Sinclair Broadcasting. That is the... It's phenomenally bad. How the fuck is Ring of Honor been the company to come out looking the best in all of this? Exactly. Oh, this is so weird. See, see, they brought back the Code of Honor. And the first code <laughs> in the Code it. of Honor is... You must bow to your opponent. The second code is you must not wrestle during a pandemic. That one just never came up before. Who knew? Who knew, Oscar? But yeah, they can't do uh, NWE can't do power. So now they have this thing called Carnyland. And they put out the first episode and it's fucking weird. I would call it nigh unwatchable. (laughs) So... The thing is, it's like, I, I feel like... I mean, like... hey, so it really is NWA's version of being the elite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, fuck you, but yeah. So, I, the problem with Carnyland is I feel like it's hard to actually tell what this show is, because it feels like it was a pilot for five different shows. Because it... <laughs> No, and I'm I'm not even yeah, being no, a dick. You're right. You're I'm not even right. Yeah, like I'm not even being a dick about it. It's like no. they're they're going on like, oh man, we got this new thing, Carnyland, but it's like, oh, and then we got like the here's Nick Aldis doing a thing. He's gonna be interviewing people. And oh, here's Eli Drake, he's got things, so it's like, so are these shows within shows or something? And then at the end they're like, Okay, here's the schedule. Monday's the Nick Aldis show, Tuesday's Carnyland, Wednesday is this inside the NWA thing, Thursday's the Eli Drake show. Friday something else. It's like, wait, so 
it's five different shows? Then what the fuck is Carnyland actually? Is Carnyland just like the weird fucking, uh, the lady doing the Matt Hardy pro wrestling school things? Or fucking Aaron Stevens' weird Moldovia films? I mean, it is even weirder by the fact that the way they tie this all together is by their play-by-play guy doing, like, a Twilight Zone thing, walking around the so-called Carnival. <laughs> I'm just While gonna While getting say... blinked out of existence by uh, an omnipresent uh, Stu Bennett. Yeah, exactly. Stu Bennett, and it's, like, just an orb. that I'm just gonna say... And clearly recorded on a phone. Here sounds yeah. fucking awesome. It, we've made it sound way better than like it I said, it's is. it's basically here. It's being the elite if it was made by Adult Swim. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It sounds awesome, but then you realize it's no, it's that side of Adult Swim, like it, the ones that you kind of start falling asleep. Oh, the, during. oh, the side that makes Rick and Morty. Yeah, exactly. I don't like this. I'm not <laughs> going to fight you on this, but I don't like this. <laughs> No, John, it's the a... sc- it's the side that makes Skeleton Landlord. I was going to say the I... side that makes the um the one guy with the snake arm show. You leave Xavier Renegade Angel alone. <laughs> PFR geniuses, they made Wonder Showsen. John, I have a question for you. Yeah, Oscar. As someone that enjoys Capital Wrestling, <laughs> okay, I like where this I is going. Enjoy... Will I enjoy Carney Land? So, Capital Wrestling is the bar that I'm able to enjoy. They're not equivalent products. Not equivalent products. It's different okay. kind of different kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. But I, it's the thing. It's like I'm kind of intrigued by what they're going for here. It's just like it all feels really directionless. And yeah, again, because it it does feel like it's five different fucking shows here. It doesn't actually feel like I don't feel like I know what Carnyland is really going to be. Like, is it going to be Zicky Dice doing his weird fucking interview dating show? Which actually was pretty fucking funny. It seemed like that might have had some potential, but I still skipped the hell past it after like 15 seconds having listened to Zicky Dice. Are these are these sketches better or worse than anything shown during the world's worst episode of Drag Race this season? Better. Okay. Nothing say, nothing as clever or as smart as Brock L.I., but <laughs> actually funny and not making me... And, like, it doesn't feel like the people who are doing it just want to crawl out of their skin and die. You know that by saying Brock Ally, that means that Dahlia Sin is going to wind up just appearing on this show randomly now. Fuck! What have I done? You're making it happen! It's the new Miss Vanjie! I'm so glad I don't understand anything you're talking about right now. Don't even try explaining. I don't want to. Put the bass in your walk. Casual Friday, Trace watches Drag Race with us. Yeah, okay. Please, no. No, no. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I absolutely refuse. I've got another appointment. What do you know? Oh, look at the time. But, yeah. It, um, it's just, it, the one that really got me that was super weird was the one promoter talking about, like, what fans and wrestlers are really saying. And it coming off this super cynical thing about, yeah, like, the fans the, will never buy tickets to your show, so they'll just make 17 podcasts about you. Yeah, oh, the tra- the Hay Brother <laughs> translator. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I said, they have some really fucking funny bits in there, and they have some clever things. It's just like, how are you going to do this every single week? And even the funny bits are like for a half hour. in a bad way. They're just generally, the production value on them is in such a way that it's just, I feel like it loses its genuine oh, yeah. uh, genuinity. Like that, it also is definitely part of the problem is the production value does feel very all over the place, which, you know, yeah. how much it's like, that's all a matter of, again, it's it's kind of like being the elite. It just feels like people are just kind of sending in their segments and, and doing a thing. But yeah. like... But- yeah, the difference is being the elite takes those segments, and everybody there is giving a shit about what they're doing really well, and uh, the Bucks, to their credit, are also looking at a lot of the segments like, yeah, that one fucking sucks, let's never do that again. And also, to their credit, being the elite is still a side thing that the Bucks are doing and having their friends contribute to, whereas they have a Patreon for Carnyland. Oh, yeah. Give and me one good reason why I should not spend 50 bucks to join the Carnyland Town Council. I won't give you a good reason. Become the town council member and talk to Billy Corgan every month, you coward! So let me fill you in on what $50 a month to join the town council member of Carnyland will get you. Be careful, there's only 16 spots remaining. Includes... Oh, shit. You can see what happens in Cardiland ad-free. Don't spend 50 bucks a month on this Oscar. I swear to God, I will hurt you. I won't hurt you. I'll just yell at you. Um, exclusive once a month town council broadcast meeting. 25% off merch in the NWA slash Carnyland store. One time use each month. Carnyland certificate of citizenship. First full month only. Council membership certificate. First full month only. Once a month one-on-one Carnyland talent call. Exclusive Patreon-only merch. And everything the Let previous Let me talk years. to the question mark. <laughs> I mean, we were joking about that earlier. It's like, that'd be the biggest thing to waste it on. Talk to the question mark. And, oh, right. He, he's just going to grunt in character. <laughs> yeah, hell that. yeah. At the end of that. He would still be better than talking to Billy Corkin. True. Unless he starts talking, you know, cops are good. <laughs> Hey, hey, Billy Corgan. Yeah, Obama! <laughs> Obama bad! I don't know why Billy Corgan is Frankenstein in this universe, but... <laughs> yeah, he's he's clearly a vampire. You're right. And so it's question mark. <laughs> oh, so that's what they're going to reveal in next week's uh, Moldovia Uncover- Unmasked. They're all vampires. Yep, exactly. Jesus. I, I will also point out Aaron just Stevens as is an addendum. Aaron Stevens is a complete idiot, and it's kind of okay, I guess. I'm, I'm kind of into it. So I, took I a also... Look. Mm-hmm. Better than the Liberace get, gimmick. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Included, included in this is also everything in the previous tiers, which yeah. includes occasional surprise merch. And I need to know... <laughs> I, I put that kind of lumped in, figured it's okay with being exclusive Patreon-only merch. But it still surprises. And you get, also you get in the show credits. Um, and, yeah, that's really it. I mean, early access to the content as well. I would See, be remiss. If I'm, in the show, if I'm in the show credits of NWA, that means that I can't, I can't ethically fight for it on, uh, on the uh, Show of the Year podcast this year. Because it'll be a conflict of interest. Oscar? There's yeah. never been a better time for you to get in the $5 a month tier. <laughs> never been a better time. 
Um, I will say, to their credit, they're smart, and they've not shown how many people or how much money they're making on this Patreon. You can hide that stuff on Patreon, which certain other organizations should probably learn how to do. Yeah, Rev Because after taking a look out. at this, I took a trot over to our good old friends over at RevPro to see how their Patreon is doing. <laughs> and I regret to inform you that uh, they still have a grand total of, let's uh, crunch numbers here, um, uh, carry the one, and... 23, 23 Patreons. That's still seven more than the last time that we looked. I will mm-hmm. I will give them that. And, dude, it's cool. 24 is the highest number anyway. It's true. I mean, it's like I mean, one more and they're locked in. Yeah. You can't go any higher. No. How many How many Patreons does ProWrestling.Cool have? Shut your goddamn mouth. I don't know why anyone would be giving money to this Carnyland thing. Like, it seems cool. Like, I'm I'm intrigued by it. Like, I don't think, I don't, again, I don't know that this has had any, any longevity whatsoever. But, like, this seems like kind of a weird thing to just put out there and just be like, I don't know, give us money. It'll be great, I swear. So, but if you really there. want to be giving money to the fucking Patreons here, because I guess everybody has a Patreon now. Everybody's got to rip off our shit. Patreon.cool. For just $5, you get a bunch of exclusive podcasts, including one this weekend. It's you not know just what? cool. I want to take money. a page out of... I want to take a page out of uh, both these wrestling Patreons. Can we add a couple rewards to our highest tier? Okay. Can we add the, one in, the one-on-one call every month from a different PW.C <laughs> cast member? As long as it's never me, I'm totally cool with this. As long you draw straws, Trace. No, Trace. Some if someone calls you, it's like calling question mark. Yeah, I was gonna say, can I just can I just do the calls, but as the knockoff characters that I come up with the names for? So I'll just be like, I'm Donald Primbram. And if you call me, you get to talk to all the cast members because I will do my impressions. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for calling Trace's Skype phone call. At the tone, please record a message. Afterwards, your message will be played back to you. Hey, yo, it's me, real New Jersey John. And I'm real Seattle Trace. And I'm real Philadelphia Owen. We're uh, really happy you called. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, it's real cool that uses a Patreon supporter. It's pretty yes. weird that you're calling yourself, Oscar. <laughs> no, I'm calling Trace. And then I just, yeah, you know, I, I say ding and I go, that's what you sound like. And then hang up. And I also, not, I want to steal Rev Pro's gimmick of on their highest so, tier, you get a subscriber. birthday card from a roster member. Although yeah. you must be a patron during the month of your birthday. I, I'm very interested to see who's going to be a roster member by the time my birthday would come around. Oh, hey, it's Josh Bodum. <laughs> God. Uh, he just that... punched me in the face on my birthday. <laughs> How can one do that over Discord? Interesting. But yeah, he came I... to my house in flagrant violation. I'm amazed he was even able to fly to the country. I, I will say, in all the fun we're making about this, Carnyland, we cannot tell how many subscribers they get, but their main post has 28 comments. I looked through all of them. They're all positive, and people saying they're definitely going to put money towards this. 
which would immediately put them above RevPro, if true. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm strongly considering, as someone that really likes the NWA, I'm genuinely considering joining the $10 tier. And, and all seriousness aside, too, this is a good way to get the wrestlers paid and simply make sure it's distributed amongst the wrestlers, hopefully, um, in a way I'm that... happy to support the companies that have the moral high ground. Yeah, exactly. So it is not like... It's not just for the video content if you're doing this. It's also to you know, pay the men and yeah. women. And it's and I think that they do set that up really well with like uh did did you watch like the just the opening little intro thing that they had where I don't even remember who it was that was talking, just like talking about yeah. the Yeah. Like I thought yeah. I thought that was actually really well done. I I teared up a little bit, I'm gonna be honest. I've been mm-hmm. I've been real emotional this week. I cried a lot during that Owen Hart episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it was really thoughtful. They 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 put a good pitch out there before throwing hot garbage in your face. Yeah, before going, all right, we're just going to go weird with it and do a, a fucking knockoff of the Awesome Powers theme. Yep. But, but so. again, this all sounds fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. Sorry, th- let me rephrase this. This sounds like exactly the kind of shit post that I want from NWA. And I will Actually. say, watching this did make me consider, oh, maybe I will buy that Power DVD. Yeah, that too. I mean. um, speaking, though, of companies not having the moral high ground. Oh, here we go. I actually won't yell at you for that transition. Good job. We need to. Because it, because, is, um, it is indeed time to play our favorite game. It's Wednesday Wrestling. Do you care? Mm-hmm. You guys watch John Oliver? I didn't, actually. I've... I have Not my this par- week. my partner has watched the episode though and has told me about it. Yeah, I mean basically his subject, you know, he's done longer form pieces on WWE in the past. Yeah, he had the good. he had the big one right around WrestleMania 35 that we all know. Yeah. But um, you know, this week his subject was basically it was on hey, should sports return during this pandemic and are we bringing it back too soon? Mm-hmm. And he kind of mentioned in there and called out Hey, WWE's doing it, but let's not forget their chief competitor, AEW, is also doing it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'd argue that AEW has the least high ground, has the lowest ground here, because at least WWE's pre-recorded. They're, they're I, also I completely live. Agree. They're... Uh, they were live this week? Yeah. Uh, they they might have like... not been live this week, but... As the alternative that said they were going to do things differently in the business, they really are not showing that they have anything other than a complete lack of respect for like where they need to be here. And they're a little too maybe tied into, we got to give TNT the content. We got to give Bleacher yep. Report the content. We can't eat those costs. We can't lose those relationships. So yep. we got to keep going. And yep. it looks bad. No, I've, I said it. I've said it other places, and I'll say it here. It's basically they are the Democrats to the uh, to WWE's Republicans, basically 100%. doing the same fucking shit. But like, they have a nicer veneer about it, and they talk mm-hmm. like they care about diversity and all these things. So you you get you feel better about it. Oh, John, they're just and, so nice and, to work for. They're just so nice, such nice people there. They're just so good to their talent. They're so yeah. good, and like, look, look. I mean, they they hired someone like Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss would never get hired by WWE. And, and you know, I mean, yeah, he Mr. only gets Brody to exist Lee, in the crowd, he, but like, at least he's there. He tore, he tore up Vince McMahon's speech in front behind him and did a talking motion. Mm-hmm. 
It's true. When when Tony Khan did the the clap like this, I was very, I was very much like, "Damn, man, it's, it's what you do Go when you wank dogs." But yeah, no. The the Democrats or Republicans comparison is absolutely correct. Yeah, I agree. I suppose makes NWA the Libertarian Party here. If you're gonna tell me that William Patrick Corgan is wrestling's vermin supreme, yeah, okay. I'll I'll accept that. Yeah, I'll accept that too. Um, but yeah, what's so capital it, then? Capital. Capital's the DSA. Capital's the Green Party. It's the best one, but it's the worst one as well. I was gonna say taxpayers' party, but you know that works. Nah, I'll, I'm, I'm sticking with Capitals. Capitals, the DSA. Yeah, they'd be really cool if they could figure their shit out. Okay, that's actually totally fair. That's yeah. That's a little scary. Accurate. Get David Starr in Capital Wrestling. Yes. <laughs> and and have him start doing the Bernie Hammer. Oh my God! Everybody would die. The Bernie hey, Hammer. John, the Bernie Hammer would have won. What's What's the latest on Porsche Vaughn? I th- that I don't know. I'm I'm not sure what the Femivist is up to. I have I've not been watching Capital as of late, admittedly. I haven't been watching a lot of wrestling during this whole pandemic. I tried watching NXT yeah. this week. It opened John, tell us about NXT. It opened with Karrion Cross. Okay. I, I, th- yeah, he did his whole entrance again. Oh, hey, exactly like we predicted he would. And I was way less into it. Also, it didn't help that, like, fucking, uh, she's not, Scarlet's not lip syncing the whole thing anymore. What? She only only starts lip syncing at the, the end is here part now. Sounds like Triple H told her to start fucking up the entrance, then that's not good. But still also completely overdoing it with the lip syncing when she's doing that. I just... This whole thing just feels so stupid. <laughs> like, it's, I get it. I, I love that you want to do a crazy, dumb theatrical entrance. But, yeah, this doesn't work to do it every single time. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then I turned it off. But You know, I'm looking other through the did... YouTube videos. Yeah? And I'm going to say, um, you didn't miss anything. Holy crap, this all looks samey. I can't tell what's this week and what's last week. It's, yeah, the entrance was pretty much the exact same. Yeah, no, I'm just looking at the videos of next to the whole show in general. Oh, fair enough. But, yeah, uh, basically the the things that are important from this episode that y'all need to know is they set up. Basically, this whole thing was just the setup for uh, Cross and Tommy Champs to have to fight it in, in your house. Okay. And, dear God, they brought back Dreamy F, baby. Yeah. I still don't know what high school she went he to. He wants to know what school Adam Cole goes to. God. I just... Okay! Like, you're not even gonna let him, like, lay low for more than a couple weeks? Uh, okay? What did what, he do wrong, okay. John? He lost the title, and then that's punishment. Or, sorry, he lost the title match. It's also weird because, like, it seemed like 
it seemed like the way that they were going to pivot out of this was that they were putting Dexter Loomis in that spot instead. Also a bad call. Which one was Dexter Loomis? Samuel Shaw. Right. Like, What's his stupid gimmick in WWE? You know what? Here's the thing, though. Like, Dexter Loomis' gimmick is kind of fucking cool. He's just fucking Patrick Bateman. He's really fucking okay, tall fair. and scary and just, like, he stares at you with his dead eyes and just fucking slowly eviscerates you. Oh, I get it. Dexter. Yeah, basically. But, like, it's kind of cool. But, no, we're going right back to the child predator. I guess that independent investigation that Dream did went well. They found the true killers. Finally. We finally figured out who got Nicole. Who? Who's Nicole? Look, if the dream don't fit, you must acquit. Fit what? Everything, that, everything's above board here. If that's not the dream's dick, you must acquit. But it was the dream's dick! <laughs> so, I, I, I'm going to step back You can't back prove off. it was. His Twitter was also hacked when he said that was his dick. Jeez. That's true. I'm going to take a step back here and just weigh in now that I've actually seen Karrion Cross's entrance while we were talking about that. And I'm going to say, the fact that Scarlet doesn't lip-sync the first part is fucking stupid. Right? And I'm okay, if she overdoes the lip-syncing for, like, the other part that she actually does lip-sync still, it actually works because it's so stupid. Yeah, And then I she just... sinks out a shot and he rises up into the shot. Perfect. The other part that really is fucking stupid, they did this last week, and I don't get it. Why is she dancing around the ring, just like thrusting at everything? Because she's it sexy. Look... Yeah, but she can be sexy without doing that. Like, just, you know, find something else for her to do. Like, don't just dry hump the ring. You don't know what's been there. It just doesn't work without a crowd. It really doesn't. Yeah, I'm a little worried for him now. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, hey, it's, it's still Killer Cross, and he's still very good. Yeah, he's good. He's he's a good wrestler. And I, he's hey, got I bet that Tommy Champs match is going to be fucking sick. You're going to get a lot of psychotic looks from both of them. Yeah. And then Kieran Cross is going to like reveal his upper teeth and not his lower teeth, and he's going to look. He's going to kill somebody. And he's really good at that. He, he's he's frightening. That's all I got. Yeah, that's I, all I got for NXT. Is I don't know. Kieran Cross is whatever, and boy, I wish Velveteen Dream would go away. Yeah, same. You saw a picture of Dream Sack, then his is then his Insta must be hacked. I hate this. Why did you put that out of our? T- we had a Discord chat private, and you had to then bring it public. Because now there was a reason for me to say it on the show. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> okay, let's, let's well let's talk about dynamite. Yeah, you wanted to talk about a BT part first though yeah before we talk about dynamite yo can we talk about the hangman page promo <laughs> fuck man he got a rambling ass promo out in the woods drunk as hell and it it was a curious it was a curious but it was also oh yeah you just completely broke down every anxiety about fucking covid mm-hmm. and and working during covid while also wanting to work during covid mm-hmm. yeah it, it's basically him being maybe a bit brutally honest about just how he feels about going back to work when he's nobody's ready to go back to work. Yep. And, <sighs> yeah, that shit was 
It's fucking fantastic. More on that later, I fear. I agree with that. <laughs> so go watch that that promo being the elite. I mean, shit, they literally named the episode after that promo, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go watch that because you should care about that. But you should also care, I guess, about this week's AEW Dynamite, the go-home episode before uh, AEW Double or Nothing on Saturday. Pump the brakes on uh, should you care about a go home show, but you know I. Well, I mean, hypothetically, you I, you're supposed to care about a w, a go home show, but they do we do care about much. this one? I uh, forgot the pay per view was this week. So did I. I'd like to and forget the pay per view was this week. That kind of stinks because I was planning to do like a twelve hour stream, and now I'm having to reschedule it to a really bad hour and time slot to where I'm basically going to be awake only for Europeans. Um, fall and pray, Trace. Yeah, I'm going to have to fall and pray. You know, the end is here. Tick-tock. Starting off the show of Dynamite. John Moxley broke a special boy's arm. Do you care? Fuck no. So, uh, the Dark Order showed up. They had the belt. They told Ten he's the like the top Dark Knight or whatever their whole bullshit Scientology term is. They sent him in the ring. Told him to injure Moxley. Ten did not. I do the like rest that they're calling with. that they're now just actually basically using Scientology terms now. That's good. Yeah. That's that, good. That's finally where it needed to be with this. So I'm I'm happier with where they're going now with yeah. it. They're getting... It's, I, it's still not quite there, but they're getting closer, I think. Yeah, they're steering a little bit further away, even though there's a little bit in this whole promo. They're steering further away from the Vince McMahon part of it and more the... Um, psychological manipulation part of it. It does and really make me wish that, like, Brody took took some time, a little bit more time between WWE and here to maybe flesh out this character a little bit more. Yeah, and maybe work on his um, ability to talk a little more, because yeah. he... He's definitely he still get, tripping a couple times, yeah. He's tripping, he's kind of like how I am when I've been three hours into a stream and it's like, oh god, there's no water in sight, I've just got to keep rolling because I can't take a break. Except it's been five minutes. Yeah. Again, though, getting better. Mm-hmm. It's getting better. Getting and getting Moxley... more to where it needs to be, but eh, I mm-hmm. still wish that they had, you know, gone there a little bit more before having this be the pay-per-view match. Yeah, and... Uh... If he somehow wins this, it's going to be it's going to be tremendously negative. So you you're burying the angle immediately. Did anything so, stick out to, to you about Ten whatsoever? No, he's he's a good no. wrestler, um, but he's like generic as hell, and those masks don't help. Like, there is one thing that stuck out to me about Ten. What's that? That tattoo on his pecs is clearly fake. Because he was, I feel like it was very clear during the whole ending of that segment that he was, you know, had his his right arm over it so that you couldn't see the smudging. Oh, it's always been body paint. They've shown that off. Oh, have they? Yeah, it's smudged every time. So, like, I don't think there's been a single time where he's gotten away from a match with the 10 marking unsmudged. I didn't even know he's had another match, so... He's had uh, three matches, I think, at this point. Oh, damn. Okay. And he is 2-1 now, I believe. Or 2-1 and one or 1-2. One and two. I forget. It's... But, yeah. Uh, I don't want to look... Don't make... Lost to Moxley. Sorry, I got to do this now. Um, Sorry, Trace. Beat John Cruz. 
and then also beat Ryan Pyle. So yeah, two and one. All right then. So yeah, two jobbers and a mox. Um, two jobs on, and a mox. Yep, exactly. Okay, well, cool. Thank thank you for clarifying that. Then. Yeah, no worry. It's just like, ten, ten's going to be okay. But like, just can we do that Dark Order thing where they don't have masks on? Like, we don't need that. That's that was a evil Uno thing, and he's not the leader anymore. So just a thought, putting it out there. Uno. That's all I got to say. I miss Uno. I, I wish you'd stream more. Yeah, but, the Dark Order like. Evil Uno was the best thing about the Dark Order. Yes, he was. And, like, I know it's not their fault because, you know, homeboy's a Canadian citizen. Yeah. But, you know, he is he's a better talker than Brody Lee, and I hate to say that. Yep. I'm sorry, Mr. Brody Lee. He really um, is. But moving on, though, the next segment, MJF broke a special boy's arm. Do you care? Sort of? So he and Marco Stunt fought, and he, obviously Marco Stunt's not going to win this, and he didn't. He succumbed to a Fujiwara armbar. The salt of the earth, and, if you will. Yeah, salt of the earth, um, as MJF calls it. And it turned into a segment where he kept trying to beat the hell out of Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus both coming for the save. Uh, MJF looked really good in this match. Marco Stunt, his usual shit, which is decent and good um he's got a really good rising uppercut knee sort of thing he does that's like a take on the shining wizard that looks really good um if they ever decide to give him a win it'll look like a million bucks um otherwise though mgf jungle boy they're gonna have a hell of a match on saturday i'm looking forward to it okay yeah that's like, there's nothing really extraordinary about the match other than that. It, it's a tune-up match. All these are pretty much tune-up matches. Yeah, it's a go-home show. That's what they do. Yep. Yeah. Moving on, after that, Jake Roberts and Arn Anderson had a segment. Do you care? I found this segment this okay. very strange. And I do appreciate yeah. that they did. it felt like they were doing a good job of trying to keep them socially distanced. Mm-hmm. And then, well, that went out the window. It sure did. And it also seemed like, wait, are you saying that you're going to have Jake the Snake fight Arn Anderson? What? Yeah, so it ended up with like usual sort of thing whenever you get two people together to have a discussion that they were going to try and brawl at the end, which neither one do we want to see fight. They're both beyond their prime, beyond the end of their prime, and like sailing off the cliff beyond what the end of their prime would have been or the end of their career. Yeah. It's just like, they can do one move, maybe. I don't even think Jake could do one move at this point. And that's it. And they did say he's been doing DDP yoga. He has been doing DDP yoga, and he did say, basically, you know, I could get up and kick your ass from that. But other than that, it's like, I feel like the main thing about this was to sell that Mike Tyson can do whatever he wants at ringside during this match. Which, to me, is just setting up, this is an excuse for Tyson to interfere on Cody's behalf and help him win the title. And then they're going to drop a Cody shirt on Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... And so basically it's you know saying, hey, Cody's going to get over, but Lance Archer's still going to look like a million bucks because Cody needed Mike Tyson to win the belt. Freaking whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's a bad promo. They got up and... 
uh, all the refs had to clear out to try and stop Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake from fighting, which is kind of strange. Again, had to keep him socially distanced. Yep, I didn't care for the segment at all. I tuned out for a good portion of it until they started talking near the end. Um, Other than the comment from Jake Roberts. Having not seen Arn Anderson for a while, because maybe Arn Anderson was actually trying to follow social distancing standards and stay at home. But he said, you know, you're looking thick (laughs) in regards to Arn. Damn, girl. Damn, girl, you're looking thick, honey. So whatever. Did he call Brandy a hussy or something? Yeah, it's like... There's a lot wrong with... The Jake stuff, we've called this out the last few weeks. It's yeah, good. Jake is terrible with the sexism stuff. Like, this is like... They should have immediately, as soon as he said it last time, pumped the brakes and said, Hey, look, you really need to get that out of your promos right now. That is not going to look good for anyone. Not even you. Like, that's not even good heel technique. That's just shit. Yeah. So, we'll see. don't really know how I feel about this Jake stuff. Yeah, I'm really souring on it after, like, how he's cut the last few promos. It's like, in an uncontrolled environment, he is bad. Yeah. Like, it, it's, again, it's like, I feel like, I feel like there's a way that this could work. I feel like mm-hmm. there's, like, that. that's the problem here is that, like, we're judging, <laughs> we're judging things based on, like, yo, in normal circumstances, I feel like that this could be some good shit, but this ain't normal circumstances and you don't have a fucking crowd. And, like, yeah, like, you get people, you get fucking Austin Gunn being, like, oh, blue, but that's not enough. No, it's also, it's not, not enough. enough. And, again, when you have, like, you know, fucking... Oh God! What what was that one thing that happened? There was someone. It was there was someone that was like a clear baby face, like won something. It was like yay, and, and like you just hear the crowd. It was Orange Cassidy, where it was just like mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy was celebrating and won, and you just hear the crowd going boo. Which mm-hmm. yeah, it's just MJF and fucking Sean Spears being dicks, but still. Like at that point, you need to cut the camera to them so you, people know that's the reason you're hearing that. Yep. And that's production work that we've kind of called AEW out in the past, and they're kind of... I understand a lot less people work in those uh, terminals right now, but step it up, folks. If you're gonna be stupid enough to keep doing the fucking shows, at least do it right. Ain't that the truth? So, going on to less stupid stuff during the show... Darby had a video. Do you care? I didn't get this video. This video was very generic. It was basically him just doing poker faces of everybody in the creative as nothing for you casino ladder match. And he's just basically saying, I'm going all in. I I mean, double or nothing. So, cool. You're putting all your chips in. Um, we get that. Like That's the whole point of a ladder match. You're... You're putting everything on the line to apparently grab what's going to be a chip from off a ladder and claim your title shot. I like the part where the ladder was on fire. Yeah, that was cool. Like, Darby scooted fire. And they also, as an aside, they call it a thing with the casino ladder match, saying entrance will come in of the nine, two will start, and on random draw, every 90 seconds a new person will roll in, and nothing says the match can't end before all nine are in. But we know that's not going to happen. Yeah, of course Because the ninth person is the mystery entrant. So, of course, they're going to let him show up. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know who it is, and frankly, I don't care as of yet. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Moving on to a different and slightly similar but better segment, Pack had a video. Do you care? I missed Pack so fucking much. Pack is the best video maker of anyone in AEW. This was an incredible goddamn promo. Talk about how frustrated he is to be trapped in England, unable to travel to AEW. And in fairness, all of Death Triangle right now, terrible name, I know, but whatever, is trapped in different countries right now. Pax in England. Pentagon is in Mexico, as I'm to understand. And Phoenix was luckily in the U.S. at the time. So... Or he might have U.S. citizenship. I don't know how it works, but... I'm not sure. Regardless, that aside, this pack promo is him cutting on promos, like, shifting between him in street clothes and him in his wrestling gear with a mask over his face. Looking all crazy Mm bastard-like. And basically talking about how Orange Cassidy, you are now marked. Don't think we're through with you yet. And we're going to keep gunning for you until you are, you know dealt with basically in much harsher terms all this was so, a build to now this is build to towards the next segment where orange casty and ray phoenix fought do you care you know i wish i did, I wish I did. like i i i enjoy i i enjoyed this match like i thought that orange mm-hmm. casty looked good i thought that phoenix didn't look great Phoenix has had a lot of matches recently, so I'll give him some slack there. But yeah, I he, thought he looked Orange Cassidy looked way, way better than Phoenix here, which is not the way that should go. I thought Phoenix looked very sloppy in a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, I, like I'm for one, I'm amazed he didn't fucking kill himself at the in that fucking you know ending spot where he did the dive to the outside and fucking whiffed it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, and, well, in fairness, though, like, and we'll get to that in a moment here. But go on. And I, and I just, honestly, I felt like even kind of the way that they booked the match itself just made him kind of look weak. Like, even mm-hmm. just the opening, where it's like, the whole bit is, oh, he's gonna do the spot where he's gonna jump cat Orange Cassidy before the match and kick him in the face, and Orange Cassidy just missed, ducks it, and just keeps walking the ring and doing his entrance, and Phoenix just kind of stands there, like, it's, it felt weird just watching the way that he was just standing there, kind of like, Oh, I don't know. Like, it looked like he had forgotten what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't look like, oh, man, you tricked me and I just feel stupid. Like, it, he just looked, again, like I said, it looked like he didn't know what he was doing anymore. Yeah, it's, I don't know if he just doesn't work well with Orange Cassidy or if it's a heat there or what's going on. But, yeah, Phoenix... Had some issues during this match. And then there was kind of... They had the cluster segment at the end where everybody from the ladder match shows up and starts fighting. And you have a tope spot at the end that Phoenix appears to have fucked up pretty bad. And to the point where he slams his head onto the mat on the outside because he misses his catch, basically. And slams his legs down to the ground as well. So basically, somebody caught his torso and that's it. And people would do topes over him after the fact, but uh, Phoenix was injured enough that they had somebody run up over to him here, 
and kind of move him as close as he could to the apron, it looked like. I don't know if it was a singer, if it was actually a legit injury, or if he's just like maybe not feeling good at the moment, and it'll be better another day. But this is kind of something I noticed with this episode of Dynamite and AEW Dark that they showed yesterday. There's a lot of wrestlers, either due to heat or other circumstances, that are getting what appears to be legit injuries. Hell, I'll even throw it out there. Like, I'm kind of amazed that, that Cassidy didn't hurt himself when he did his tope. Like, because it looked yeah. like he, he fucking hit his legs right on that guardrail. He did hit his legs right on those guardrails, and we've seen that spot before happen, and, and we've seen exactly how it hampers people. I think Pac did that during one of his matches. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I was watching for the ending where he's like, on the ladder, he's like, damn, is he okay? Yeah, and it's like, who knows? I, so you could potentially have two people from that match injured, and add on top of that, like, and he's had a week, and it looks like he's maybe fine based on how he showed up um, today, but I don't know for sure. Um, during AEW Dark... There was a match between Musa, Lee Johnson, going up against Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. The end of that match, Kip Sabian looked like he had been legit injured. Was on the apron, being tended to by Penelope Ford. Not like for gimmick purposes, but legit like something was wrong and she was just trying to hold them together until the match ended. Jimmy finished the match, then kind of went over there to see if he's okay. Seemed legit. I don't know, maybe it was just different storyline. There's something building there. Weird thing to build on Dark, though. Also, Marco's stunt during Dark not only got his nose busted open, as they called out today, but looked like he was suffering from heat exhaustion at the end of his match. Jesus. So, it's worth mentioning they're in Florida, and it's summer. And they're filming outside. This is something they kind of learned last time they were in Florida for Fight for the Fallen. In the summer. I was going to say. It's too damn hot out there. They can't be doing that. And they're trying to put fans out there. You can see the uh, underside of the ring billowing out at times as if maybe they've got too many fans improperly ventilating the whole place. But I think you're going to, if they keep up filming out here at Daly's Place, you're going to injure a lot of people in very bad ways. It's dangerous. I think minimize that kind of stuff if you can. To say nothing of the fact that we still don't know what the fucking heat's going to do for this disease. Yeah, exactly, which it's pretty clear-cut from everything I've heard that it's not going to take make it go away, that's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Well, so, what we were all told. Yeah, that's what somebody came made up with before the doctors actually came out and said, actually, that's not true. That's not how that works. Um, so I just want to call that out, like completely beyond do you care or not. I think you're going to see some injuries and stuff that is getting increasingly serious especially given some of these workers are doing two and three matches in the span of one of these sessions. And that's not good. Yeah. Moving on, though. Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida fought Dr. Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. Do you care? I didn't hate this match, but no. It was a standard, you know, again, go-home match between two of the matchups that's going to happen at Double or Nothing. And... Oddly enough, uh, Nyla Rose, I'm just confirming this, Nyla Rose pinned to Karushita. And there wasn't much fuckery to it. I mean, like, it's she champ- pinned her she opponent. She's champion. Yeah, she, they, they didn't let them, like, she didn't bring Chris. She, what are you doing, AEW? That's a very weird thing to do there. But, hey, if she wins, 
Saturday, then whatever. Water under the bridge shows she's dominant. Yeah, I'm fine. Exactly. Like, it, it, I guess that, yeah, it's exactly that. I feel like it is all dependent mm-hmm. on, well, how does Saturday go? If, if she, you know, if she wins, then that's going to be weird. Although I guess maybe you could sell that as like, well, it's no DQ. The, the wounded dog in me thinks about the WWE booking style where the person on the go home show that wins, regardless of, you know, the realisticness of it will always kind of end up winning on the pay-per-view. Mm. Or whoever wins on the go-home show loses on the pay-per-view. Yep. You know, the swap. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried seeing it like that. Like, you're really going to do Nia like that? You're really going to do this match and just do something, a result like that, when you have a tag match intentionally, seemingly positioned to do a different result? So, strange. That's all call-out. Um, moving on, though. Sean Spears is a news anchor. Do you care? I thought there were some funny moments to this, but eh, I don't care about the end result. Sean Spears does know better than the Monday after the weekend update. Well, for sure. That's not saying much. Yeah, like that's a very low bar. And he hopped over it very gingerly and then challenged Dustin Rhodes after declaring him retired. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's like. Cool, you made up another match for double or nothing. That's fine. Sean, you need to find your uh, your voice because you're losing it, pal. Or your character, I should say. Again, you know, I, I think it's... I liked what they were going for here with the, with the Sean stuff first mm-hmm. and, like, kind of teasing, like, you know, maybe Cody's the real villain in all this, but, yeah, it's, yeah, now it's just, like... Oh, now you're going after Dustin after having the whole thing like, as a brother, I can't stand for what he did to, for what Cody allowed Dustin to happen to him. Like, now you're fighting Dustin? What? Why? I get that Sean Spears is trying to be a villain to all of Cody and all that stuff. I mean, and just picking whatever he can to justify what he says about them, sure. But this seems, it just, it seems like he's poking at straws. I, it's not bad, it's just we know how talented he is. We know he can do more than this. Yeah. But, you know, that'll be a fine match, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, side note, they announced another Battle Royale next week that's going to be for uh, the first shot at the TNT Championship after the finals. Fuck. Hooray. I, I hate having to put stats together for those, so thank you again, AEW, for making my life hell and having to watch every single elimination over and over and over again. I do enjoy Battle Royale, though, so thank you. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, they're they're fun from one perspective, like the one that isn't somebody pouring over an Excel sheet. The me perspective. Yep. But anyway. Anyways. So, um, Sammy Guevara fought Matt Hardy. Uh, Do you care? Because I kind of don't. This match was so long as well. It was long? And look, Sammy Guevara, I think, is super talented. I really am. The more I see of him, the more I'm high on him, provided he doesn't break his neck first like Kota Ibushi. Um, I mean, it's a good match. Sammy was good, but um, this was just another blow-off go-home match. Um, Matt Hardy won, as he should. And then everybody started brawling. And, oh no, backstage, uh, Chris Jericho's got Kenny Omega tied up against one of the goalposts. In the Jacksonville Stadium for the stadium stampede, whatever you're going to call it. And he's going to hit him with a baseball bat. Oh, no, he hit him with a baseball bat. Where are your friends? 
you're going to be one against five, Matt Hardy. Except he's not, because this was just in service of saying the Young Bucks are here and Hangman Page is back. Whoa! I can't believe it! Yeah, it's like, you kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, the Bucks had masks on um, until they fell off because they can't do wrestling moves with them. And Hangman Page, on, in cowboy boots, ran down the entire length of the field. That's pretty good. It was pretty good. Also to note here, the only reason I'm going to bring this up in this detail, you could see at the end that they're going to have a special field for this match. With one end saying the elite, the other end saying inner circle, and there's some double or nothing emblem image. It looks like at like the distant 25-yard line from the entrance we've been seeing this whole time. Yeah, I so, like that. Yeah, it's a cool idea, and they're going to have double rings there, kind of in reference to, hey, we were originally going to do this during Blood and Guts, but... So, blood and Guts, you fucking yeah, again, it's, it, That match is probably the one I'm the highest on for Double or Nothing at this point, because it seems like the most potentially chaotic and one where you don't really need one result. Indeed, so. you don't. And so I guess that is the perfect time to move in to our next segment here to play our mm-hmm. favorite game. Does Oscar know the card for AEW Double or Nothing? Nope. Oscar, <laughs> I want you to name me every match that you know of that's on this show. All there right, are so... eight, There are nine matches. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, so I know that Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida is happening. Correct. That is indeed happening. What's the stipulation? Women's Championship? There's another There's stipulation. Oh. I don't know. No disqualification and no count out. Yeah, Alright. Who's winning? Nyla Rose. Yeah, Nyla's winning. Yeah, I also think Nyla's winning. Um, there's that ladder match, the casino ladder match. That's right, the casino ladder ma- match, uh, where the winner gets an AEW World Championship match down the line. Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Gazarian, Luchasaurus, and a mystery person. So, I'm glad you didn't make me name... I was going to, and thankfully... Yeah, no, because creative is nothing for these folks, obviously. I was, I'm not mean, I'm not mean enough to make you name all the people in there. Um, but I will Mox. make you at, tell me, Oscar, who do you think the mystery person's going to be? CM Punk. That was good. So, yeah, first question here, is it going to be a new signee? CM Punk. Okay. Mm. No, I don't, I don't fucking know who it is. It's probably going to be someone really disappointed. I was going to say Hangman if Hangman didn't make his surprise return. Trace, what are you thinking? I am looking at my rankings here. And shoot. It's it's going to be Roman Reigns. That's the real reason he's been He's that's the real reason he's refusing to wrestle is cuz he's actually meeting with Tony Khan. <sighs> And Roman Reigns just created coronavirus to give himself an excuse to no-show mania. Well, let me pull up a name here, because I've got one in mind. (laughs) 
God damn we're not it. Gonna, see, now that you've said it, it's going to be the show title, but also, fuck, we're going to have three coronavirus the wrestler puns, aren't we? So, I'm going to put this out there. It's a long, dark horse shot. I think they're going to forego. Oh, God. Shoot, I know I double thought about this. Um, no, it won't be him. Matt Cardona. For Ghost of 90 I was going to say it. That's what I was thinking. It's going to be fucking Matt Cardona, isn't it? And they'll give him the WrestleMania moment where he wins. And sits on the ladder holding a poker chip rather than the IC title. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You knew it. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. It's a win. Long Island. Oh, telephone. Give me all the data. Slow. I wish I had Pop G so I could upgrade my damn phone. Dear God. Still Sorry. better. I was also Still better than Cardone. the Downstraight remake of Radio. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But I actually think that Darby Allen's going to win this. Darby Allen be the ideal shot if we're being realistic about this. Like, TBD. Who the hell are they going to sign? I don't know. I'm curious. And I really have no legit clue. I do genuinely think it's Matt Cardona. I'm not going to lie. If it was, it'd be great. And then Darby Allen should win. Yeah. It's going to be Cash, but not Dax. They, yep. only signed, they only signed one. I think it'd be cool if they signed both of them, but only had one of them debut there as well, because then everybody would know. Um, Oscar, what else is on this card? Moxley versus Brody. That's yep. right. For an, a singles um, match for the AEW World Championship. That's what three matches I've named now. Yep, yep you've named three of the nine. Uh, Who's going to win? Sean Spears. Who's going to win? Is. Oh, Mox. Yeah, Mox wins. Come on. Yeah, Mox wins. We still got to do the Sean... predictions. This is the whole point of this <laughs> yeah. segment. And yeah, also I mean, testing it's... Oscar. Sure. Is Sean Spears versus Dustin on this paper? It is indeed on yep. the pay per view. It is. All right. Um, Sean Spears is going to win. Yeah, he's going to he's going to tap him out with his stupid sharpshooter. Yep. Um. We have five matches: is... four on the main card, one pre-show. Oh fuck off! The pre-show doesn't count. Pre-show counts. Okay. Hey, oh. they've been building this okay. pre-show match. There's been they've been building it on being the elite. Damn it, Luther versus versus Jimmy Havoc. I wish, but no. They put that on dark as stupid as that is. Fuck this fucking gun. Did they actually put um, that on dark? They did put it on dark. It happened, and it was it was an okay match. I might have to watch that. Yeah, it, I mean Scorpio's- it was. Does Scorpio Gons. Sky have a match? He's in uh, the uh, the ladder match. Yeah, he's oh, in. Oh, right. Yeah. Does Does the rest of SCU have a match? No. Frankie Kazarian's Kazarian is in the ladder match. match. Yeah. Christopher Daniels is dead. Yeah. Do the Bucks have a match? Yeah. Yeah. They're in a match. You haven't named it yet. Is that. I don't know. Is it the. The Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman? Jesus no. Christ, Oscar! 
Oscar, they're teaming with Kenny and Hangman. All right, we're done with this. Oscar can't name the rest of the cards, so we're just going to run down the rest of the card here, starting with the pre-show match, Private Party versus Best Friends in a tag oh, team wait, match. Oh, wait, 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 sorry. Are they doing Jericho versus Matt Hardy? No. No, that, that's the... Oh, it's the... In the pre-show, versus... Private Party versus Best Friends <laughs> to determine the number one contender for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. I feel like this has to be Private Party with the whole storyline that they've been building up on being the elite and the fucking reveal that it was Hangman Pussy Pat, Pants Page that called the hit on them. I, the Private Party needs a push, and they're too talented not to be relegated... Or to be relegated to the mid-card like they have. Also, they I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm real fucking excited for that stupid match that they're going to have on being the elite next week between in them and the, the fucking bear and the fake boogeyman. Yep, they're, uh, that's going right in stats. That's going to be dumb as shit. It's cool. Yep. They've had good matches against that bear. That bear is a killer. Bear is a killer. Oscar. Are they doing, is it the Elite versus the Inner Circle with Matt Hardy on the Elite? Yes. Yes, but you're you've al- right. But you've already lost. <laughs> but what, I, match, I, what, what match did you think it was going to be? It's the Stadium Stampede. Oh, right, the Stadium Stampede. <laughs> Tell me who wins the pre-show. <sighs> Private Party, Wait. Best Friends, who wins? Oh, oh, I, oh, um, yeah, private party. Okay, thank okay. you. <laughs> Sorry, I, I forgot that you still wanted my opinion on things. Yes, it's the oh, whole yes, point of, of this segment. All right. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Chris Statlander. They're just, they're just having a match. Nothing special. Statland. Eh. The doctor will see you now. Yeah, Britt Baker's gonna win. They gotta like. The, here's the thing: mm-hmm. is I feel like they, hmm, they don't know what to do with Chris Statlander. The sad thing no. is, they still know what to do with Chris Statlander more than WWE probably. Oh, does. they absolutely mm-hmm. do. That's absolutely fucking a million percent true. It's like I feel like Britt has to win this because of just like she, you know, like let's be honest, she she has of all the women that they have, she is the most character. Yes, like, and she has reformed her character the most in yeah. the way that is she's super heel. She absolutely deserves a push now. She absolutely needs that fucking push and that legitimacy. I just mm-hmm. worry that, like, where do you go with Brit from there? Especially, well, like, I feel like mm-hmm. where you have to go from there is that Nyla needs to not be champion anymore. Right, which is where I could see Sheeta taking the championship off of shenanigans, even though Rose should win that. I could see that too, yeah, with it being uh, no DQ and no count out. Yeah, and then Rose after that like, Sheeta's just able shot. to, you know, just go like, hey, I'm just going to beat you in the head with a kendo stick or something. Mm hmm, exactly. It's possible. It's totally possible, but yeah, who knows? They might even try seeing if they can give Chris Statlander a new push, but I'd say wait for crowds first. I completely agree with that. I think that, you know, she's the definitely the kind of baby face that, like, you know, you really need a fucking crowd to play to. And yeah, like, hey, they, you know what? They they did their best on Dynamite this week with having Chris coming out and booping all the, you know, the wrestlers in the crowd, but it's not the same. It is not. This is Britt Baker's to win. Yeah. 
Yep, Baker wins. You're green, Oscar. Yeah. All right. MJF versus Jungle Boy. This is not, this is happening. It is happening. It is. Um, MJF is gonna win, even though Jungle Boy kind of needs to start winning, or he's gonna fall down real quick. I say Jungle Boy wins this. And I say it to get MJF out of the title picture, at least temporarily, and also to start that elevation on Jungle Boy because I think they need to start making that move on him now. He is now currently a jobber level, given his win-loss record. He needs to have a turnaround. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I think it's got to be. I think it's got to be MJF, though. He's got to be the. He's got to be the the guy who, that there's gonna throw up against Moxley, right? I'd say he goes up um, against Cody. Sure, I could see him being TNT but, champion. Sure. Yeah, I, I because I think you give this Jungle Boy and then have MGF win the Battle Royale, the next uh, Dynamite, and there you go. Mm. Right, he's right back in it. Not wrong. So that's just my thought there. If MJF beats Cody, Cody can never be TNT champion again either. And then they have to make a third title. I'm so Jacksonville Championship. It can only be defended at Daly's place. Still go with MJF. Oscar, what are you thinking? He, he said MJF. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, but Trace made a very compelling point for Jungle Boy. No, he did. He definitely did. Like, that's. I think that that's a really great argument for Jungle Boy. And now I really want Jungle Boy to win. But I don't think mm-hmm. he will. No, it's just he's taken... And that's just a systematic problem, is that he's taken too many losses as it is. Like, he's too talented. They really need to have put more wins on him at this point. Yeah. Yeah, this match isn't going to change that necessarily. So MJF winning doesn't surprise me, yeah. at least. And also, I mean, admittedly, Jungle Boy's still very young. And, like, I feel like Jungle Boy, it's, like, Jungle Boy's definitely very much an investment in the future. And also, I think that you can make the same argument that we, for him that we just made for Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. You, need, that said, you need crowds. Yep. I think this match, regardless, even without the crowd that they really need for it, is going to be a stunner. I want to hope so. I really do. Yeah. Moving on, though. Cody versus Lance Archer to crown the inaugural AEW TNT champion. Presented by Mike Tyson. I want Lance to win, and there's a part of me that wants to believe that Mike Tyson will give Lance the rub and let Lance knock him out. I don't think that will happen. I feel like Mike Tyson in 2020 is a lot more willing to do business than Mike Tyson in 1998, Mm -hmm. where, you know, if Mike Tyson gets knocked out, he can just say, yeah, I'm in my 50s and this guy's young and scary. Versus, hey, I'm literally in my prime as a boxer. Counterpoint, Lance Archer is 43. Jesus Christ. Counter yeah. counterpoint everybody dies. Yes. I think Cody wins this. 
I don't want Cody to win this. Lance Archer should win this, but I believe they've introduced Mike Tyson for the purpose of being the face here. He'll look good defending Cody, interfering with Lance Archer so that Lance Archer does not look bad in his loss. It just looks like he got interfered with with Mike Tyson and has a talking point for his run to whatever he wants to do after this. But Cody gets his stupid title and then has MGF immediately going up against him to try and take his toy away. I could see that. And honestly, when you put it that way, I guess I do kind of want that. But also, yeah, I'd really... Like I mean, for being real, Lance Archer deserves a world title, but... Lance Archer yeah. definitely deserves... I feel like Lance Archer should win this. I really do. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Lance Archer. Because it's what that's I want, and that's what matters to me. Yep, everybody dies. It's what we want. Did you pick Oscar? Yeah. Uh, yes. Sorry. I said that Lance is going to fucking punch Tyson. Yeah, he thinks Lance is going to knock Tyson out. I, I don't think Tyson... I think he's much mellower, but also he probably would go berserk if even selling something like that and probably start punching people legit and then Jake Roberts is dead. I apologize. It is now one thirty in the morning and I'm tired. <laughs> so let's move yes, on to the final match of the show. As we alluded to before, Matt Hardy and the elite of Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt, and Nick Jackson versus the inner circle, that is Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz in a stadium stampede match happening at the TIAA Bankfield Arena. Fuck Matt Hardy, I hope he loses. Aw, man. I think the elite win this to have a good go home feeling but they shouldn't yeah but then again if you really want to make it a good go home feeling make it so then the revival i'm sorry the revolt i mean i'm sorry the uh ftr FTR show off they've always been ftr they've never been anything but ftr yeah team ftr shows up um um dax hardwood and ron Killdog uh show up and you know Go up against uh, the Young Bucks, and that's the big send home. It's like, oh god, we got a big tag match coming up in the future. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, look, you've already said it, Trace. They're going to yeah. have two rings there. They're basically yeah. doing war games. The baby faces always win. Yes. Unless it's the NWO. Yep. In which case, the NWO were were basically the faces. Kevin Ash would certainly agree. They may, they had a fake sting, sir. Yeah. Sorry, the real sting was the big pussy pants. The real sting showed up and then he flipped him off. <laughs> because he's cool. He's a bad boy. And he wrote Roxanne. <laughs> I mean, what happens when the red light gets put on? He drops from the rafters. Man! Man, hear me out. Instead of Jeff Farmer's fake sting, NWO should have just been like, yeah, we got celebrities. Check it out. Sting. And he just, like, hits Sting with a bass. He hits him with a message in a bottle. I'll send out an SOS for you. Thank you. This is my fantasy booking of 98 WCW. Ted Turner, if you're listening. He's not. 
It's still better than Vince Russo did. Yeah, fair. Rhythm Bastard wants us all to know, by the way, that Next to You and Demolition Man were better songs. Yeah, Demolition Man is the fucking best police song. And you know why it's the best police song? Because Grace fucking Jones did it. It's a very good song. It really is. Y'all. Yeah, yeah, Demolition Man fucking rules. This show has gone on way too fucking long. It sure And it's has. way too fucking late. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I will say to you that, hey, that's what's going on on Saturday at Double or Nothing, and that's what we think is going to happen. But if you want to know what we think about what actually happens, then if you go over to Patreon.cool and give us $5, you'll get subscribed to all of our uh, our exclusive podcasts that we do, including all the reviews of every single pay-per-view for AEW, WWE, NXT, everything out there. Uh, Trace, you're going to watch it. Yeah, I'll pay for it. Oscar, are you going to watch it? It'll depend on if I can afford it. Okay, well, I'm definitely I'm also going to watch it. So, either it'll either be tracing me or tracing Oscar. We'll figure it out. Yep, and who knows when we'll record that, but we'll record it sometime during the weekend cuz it's Memorial Day weekend, so, you know. Yeah, it'll it'll be up and it'll be up by Monday or whenever the fuck Owen is around to post it on on the Patreon cuz I don't have access to that. But but will it be up before this week's Heel Alternative? No. Maybe. So are we committing to that? I commit to nothing. <laughs> Literally made of uploads. Hey. I don't know. I was gonna I was gonna say something about how look, I made the post for, for last week's episode on Thursday. I just then left it saved as a draft for several days and forgot. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> I have no comment on this. Hopefully that doesn't happen this week. But hey, I'm really fucking tired, so we'll see. Happy White Claw Wednesday. Happy White Claw Wednesday. God bless us, everyone. This show is over two hours. He's Trace is writing WCW. This is all gone off the rails. Give us money this weekend. And then we'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of the posiest podcast in professional wrestling heel alternative this has been episode 31 of that show that we do you can find us a whole myriad of places such as pro wrestling.cool it's not just cool it's dot cool it's a website go to the website I, we I gave that a cool flair you, you, did. you did it was good you did it's a website go to the website we got a bunch of stuff on the website we also got other places you can find us, like Facebook. Just, I don't know, type in prowrestling.cool. It's only us. It's not like there's anyone also, else. Also, check out Bone Dracula on Twitter. That's for I'd rather not. But yeah, you can go check oh, that out. Right. I keep forgetting what podcast I'm even on anymore. We know. If, if you want to follow us on Twitter, day. though, it's at PWDOTC or at The Heel Turn. Mm-hmm. And other than that, though, Oscar, where can we find you? Asaga the Great on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch.tv. If you look it up on most social media sites, it's probably me. And eng.1966 at yahoo.ca 
on PayPal. That is once again eng.1966 at yahoo.ca on PayPal. Pay the man. Well, I'm just going to let you run with that one right now. Holy crap. <laughs> Trace, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me at PSEG on Twitter. Jesus Christ, that one took me aside there. Um, I, I can't do shit about your power. I, look, if you can't pay your bill at this point, I know a lot of people around here can't pay the bills either, so you can deal. Um, rent strike now. Just, just, propose, just propose a rent strike from your account. You're a private citizen. That's true. I could just say rent strike now. I actually nobody's contacted me about this yet, so thankfully, um, uh, I'm going to be on Twitch.tv/peaceegg. That's Twitch.tv/peaceegg. Uh, this weekend is going to be a disaster for me because beyond the Fortnite on Thursdays and the forts on Fridays, late Friday night, very late, or early Saturday morning, like very early Saturday morning. I'm going to play at least 12 hours of SnowRunner, a game about getting your truck stuck in the mud and then Ooh. cursing as you try to get it loose. Um, uh, it's going to be my final 12 hours, potentially, of playing that solo. I might play more co-op, but only co-op on stream. And only if I get co-op. Eight, eight, Only co-op, yeah. And if I get 850 followers, I add three hours on. I get 900 followers, nice. I add three hours on. Oh, man! And... If it runs up towards double or nothing, I have to stop and then start up immediately afterwards, which is why the podcast might be in question, um, or when we have to record that. And then, no matter what, Sunday, I've got an F1 league race, and I did one set of practice, and I can't practice any other time because... Fuck. Twitch.tv slash peace egg. Stream the man. Yeah, don't pay me. Like, you don't have to sub my stuff. Just use channel points and pay pay these two. Follow me, though. Follow me. I want to be followed. Follow him. Everything is all right. He'll be the one to follow talk to you in the night. man. I've been your host, John Gary Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet trying to wake myself up here for the ending here including twitter and i am john gm instagram and i am john gm twitch at video underscore shames uh i hate social media i don't know why i keep plugging these things that i don't use pay the man venmo and i am john <laughs> pay the man y'all come back now it's been episode 31 of you alternative we'll see you next week and we'll also see you on the Patreon this weekend for the Double or Nothing review. Y'all come back now. You hear? You hear? I'm going to go sleep for eight hours. 18 hours, that is. Sleep. Y'all sleep. come back. Now you hear? Sleep. Can we get another one of those, Oscar? Yo. Come back now, yeah, here. Nailed it. <laughs> Goodbye, Internet. I cut my finger during this recording. <laughs> <laughs> it really hurts. How the fuck did you even do that? I don't know, but it's bleeding, and I don't remember how I did it, but it stings now. 
This podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows.